Hey, this is Dave Pryor for Projects at Work. Today I have Don Kim joining me. Don and I have spoken in the past about project management and Agile, but it's been a little while since we had a chance to connect. And today we're going to talk about his new book and some of the thoughts he posted recently about certification in general. Uh, if you go into LinkedIn, you're going to see that Don uh, does a lot of different things. And he's an author, a philosopher, entrepreneur, educator. Uh, his new book is called I Think Therefore I Plan. So given those different things that he focuses on, he describes himself as a human APEE. So Don, thank you for, for joining me today. Do you want to explain a little bit about that before we get into the book? Uh, you mean the acronyms to which my name is assigned on LinkedIn? Yes, so that we don't start yeah. calling you a human ape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so uh, I, I was fishing around for a way to just you know kind of describe myself in a concise way. Um, so I kind of got influenced by the... Uh, by the acronym STEM, you know, it stands for science, technology, engineering, math, um, which I feel is, a, is an important uh, set of skill sets, but I, I, I believe it doesn't capture the full range of kind of uh, thinking that people need to incorporate these days in order, you know, to, to, to do well. Um, that's just really focusing on the more the analytic side of the brain. So initially, uh, I came up with a different acronym. It's not the one that I have on my LinkedIn profile. Actually, I, I have one that I, that I call just APES with an S, which stands for uh, uh, artisan, philosopher, entrepreneur, and scientist. Okay. I just kind of morphed it kind of more to what I think I'm currently at. And what I mean by artisan is, um, you know, back in the old days uh, when people would develop or produce things, um, it was more from an artisan perspective, right? Because this was before the days of mass uh, industrialization and uh, uh, products. Uh, so, you know, when you wanted to get a desk chair, you know, you didn't go to Staples and just pick out some stock chair. You know, somebody actually custom crafted that for you. Um, so I feel like these days, uh, you know, uh, one of the ways to uh, differentiate yourself or oneself from this ever-increasing automation of, uh, you know, work. You know, if you look at what's going on in the AI technology, deep learning and so on and so forth. In fact, I posted something about that on LinkedIn where... Um, Goldman Sachs, they reduced their trading floor, uh, the people that work on the trading floor from 600 to, to two. And that was in a span of less than a decade. And it's because they're doing a uh, high frequency automated trading. So how does one, you know, how, how, how does one deal with such these kind of new forces that are coming into play due to technology and, you know, this constant uh, rush? So uh, I figure one way to do that is, uh, you know, one has to differentiate themselves. So one is one is kind of creating a craft, kind of skill set that's an intellectual based skill set, but one that is, uh, is 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 like a craft. You know, it's not something that can just be easily replicated. Um, and then the other one is um, philosopher. Yes, I I, I really do believe uh, that as the world gets faster, uh, one actually has to slow down and kind of be more reflective about where one is in, in the place in the world. And, and that kind of leads into why I, I'm somewhat. Uh, it's never that I was really pro cert certificates. Well, hold on, hold on. I want to okay. talk about philosophers <laughs> and artisans before you start. You're going to give it all away all at once. So, <laughs> so I, I want to ask you some questions about this because it is sure. something that I see happen to a lot of people who are career project managers. So, how long have you been working in project management? You know, I would say uh, this is now my officially my tenth year that I've, that I've been in this. Okay. Field. So one of the things that I've noticed is that when PMs are in this field for a long time, and if they are really passionate about it, 
um, it goes from being something that they kind of latch on to as a, originally as a way of trying to get a better understanding of what's actually happening. They move into the part where they try to use it to run things. They get to the part where they understand you don't actually run anything at all. You're that's mostly it. reactive and hopefully reactive quickly. And then they get to the part where it seems like you're at now where it's like, you just completely take your hands off the wheel because everything you look at is part of it. And it's almost like this, in, I, I don't want to, enlightened's not the right word, but I don't know another word to say it. Like you're using artisan. Um, to me, there's an art to, to being involved in project management. And I would say like as somebody now who works in agile, but has this deep love of traditional project management, it's all the same thing to me now. It is. Yeah, and, it is. and finding those metaphors outside of work into different areas of your life is, maybe that's more on the philosopher side, but I find that now, like I'll explain something to somebody in a way that seems so simple and crystal clear to me, and they'll look at me like, "I, <laughs> what are you talking about?" Yeah, um, I understand. That's right. But so I mean, so what? What uh, in terms of philosophy? Like, how would you describe your philosophy towards managing projects? Uh, so you know, like like in my book, I I I, I look at two aspects of it. One is uh, methods, right? So. Um, whether it's in traditional project management with critical path, which is basically just an analytical network graph method, right? Um, or agile where you do, uh, you know, sprints or empirically validated sprints, um, irrespective of which method you have. One of the things that I, I find in the field is that it's been too dominated by uh, the method well, I, I, I don't want to say methodology because I think that's become a totally loaded word. But the but, dogma that people latch onto. Yeah, so there's a there's this this there's this methodological basis that uh, outlines you know in this kind of recipe way a step by step procedure to accomplish some particular activity or or some you know a project that you want to do, and the field has been very very dominated by an emphasis on the methods and not enough about what does a method mean. So it isn't so much as just simply to say I how do I do a project, but why do I do a project? And even further, you, I, I think even you know I know it sounds kind of weird, but I believe if, if companies and, and individuals within the company ask a more deeper question, like what does this project mean to us, right? So, and, and if, if they were to ask such questions, um, then it would be, it would, it would enhance the deep rationale for why you are pursuing this thing rather than just because you have to. Um, and I think when, when that kind of question starts to get more reflective, then you're better, better able to prioritize those things that are meaningful projects from the stuff that's just that you just have to do and, and i see in a lot of companies that i've consulted with trained at or what have you where it's become so endemic to where projects just get launched and people just latch on to them that there's just a zillion projects and, and almost none of them ever get done right? <laughs> except yeah. by accident <laughs> so yeah. I, I you know yeah so uh, i i but that, and that, that goes along with the other thing you were just saying about trying to slow down and i've noticed that for myself as well it's like the, um, the further on I get down my career path, like, you know, I used to have these goals of like, I'm going to do more this year, more of this, more of that. Now my goal is I want to do less this year. Like I want to not volunteer for more things because the things <laughs> that I do volunteer for, I want to really be able to like dig into them. Um, oh, yeah, sure, of course. So there's yeah. that depth and that quality. But this whole thing that you're talking about where people have this personal connection to the work, I think that is a really important theme that's increasing but a really hard thing to put into play in a workforce that's still, you know, agile or, or traditional 
has been taught that work is not something you're supposed to enjoy. You're just supposed to go and do the thing and then go home. Um, how do you how do you go about getting somebody to have that level of engagement where it's where they they can see from a personal standpoint this is why I'm doing this? Well, you know that that's uh, so like like just like the title of, of the book. You know, it's 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 pretty. You know, obviously it's influenced by uh, the whole Descartes. Uh, I think therefore I am. Yeah. There's this thinking being, right, which is us. And and when we act, we we reflect on how that action is, in a sense, uh, you know, an, an essence of our being, right? And in that and in that question of who you are as a being, um, determines how you know you go about doing a particular project or work or whatever, just basically work. And, and what 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 does that mean for you, right? So it's just kind of dawned on me that uh, you know almost. And I guess it just can't be helped, but the vast majority of us, and I, I don't exclude myself from that until just kind of recently, um, you just kind of went with the flow and just did things with the assumption that that was the best way to do it. You know, it's just kind of like it has to kind of center back to oneself. Um, so, you know, like in Agile, is, there's a lot of this discussion about iterations. But if you're familiar with the computer science or math field, you know, there's this other thing called recursion, right? Yeah. And recursion is a, is, a, is, a, is a function or method that calls itself. And uh, I've done some research and I found that, uh, you know, some linguists and neuropsychologists have this belief that a thought process, even the way you look at how language is structured, is a self-reflective process. It is a recursive process, right? Huh. And that means it goes, it, it loops within itself. And it's, it's odd because that's how we think, yet we structure things in a, in a, in a, in a way that isn't conducive to, to the way we actually think, right? We, we do things like, well, I, I mean, it can't be helped because when it is analytic and explicit, then it is more easier to follow an outline, but it's kind of unnatural to the way we actually think. So I'm trying to advocate this kind of philosophical thinking where the methods get reconciled with this kind of, to this kind of manner in which we actually think. It's just a dichotomy. Either people, you know, like people think of project management, they split it into two, two things, either your waterfall or agile. To me, that seems extremely limiting when you think about what, what it means to do projects in the very bigger picture thing, right? It encompasses a lot of things. I'm, I'm gonna even argue that it's, it's, the, it's the means to which uh, human beings built civilization. So I trivialize it into, you know, you do four to six week sprints or, you know, you, you, you do a whole Gantt chart it just seems ridiculous to me to only think about it in those terms. I think it's interesting you're bringing up the, like the the traditional versus agile thing. I I still see that come up sometimes, but what I found is like I noticed when I first walked into the agile space, they hated traditional project managers. Um, sure. And then it got to the point where like you know being walking in there into the CST retreats, being a PMP, they'd make fun of me, and one guy would make me wear this badge that said F and PMP. But then they stop making fun of us, and now it's it's not even really um, a point of contention anymore. So I think that that I hope that that barrier is breaking down. I've noticed for myself that there's been a big shift in the way that I look at it. Um, I don't really think about traditional or agile anymore unless someone else unless it comes up. Because to me, like you know, you were talking about it earlier in this way, they're just different sets of tools. Whether you're using, you know, critical path or earn value or you're doing daily scrums or whatever, they're just different tools. And I think when you get to that state of being an artisan of it, um, 
you're picking the right tool. You're seeing the right tools to use in this situation and not, I have a hammer, I must use my hammer, which is what I think we, a lot of us start out with, whether you're on the Agile side or on the Waterfall side. And even within Agile, there's the different schools that kind of compete to a certain extent still with one another. But I think learning to let go of that, for me at least, the biggest change is I've realized that that process stuff that I teach in my class or that I used to teach when I taught PMP, that's like barely a nick on the surface of the job. It's like that that just doesn't even come close to what it's really about because the hardest part of transforming people and the way that they work is the emotional change and the way that the, the, the thought processes flow, the way they think of people, the way they look at the work, so that they get to that point you described earlier where they have that deep connection to like, you know, maybe I'm working on a project that's not really like getting me going, but there's something of value in here for me. I'm going to figure out what that is and I'm going to apply myself so I get that value. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's hard for a lot of people to see in the beginning. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, and like I said, I think that's a combination of a couple things. Um, I, I still see like people who are kind of new into the field, um, still kind of ha- have that uh, bias. For example, someone gets their Scrum Master certificate um, and they take a two-day class, um, you know, and then, and then they get kind of excited about it. And sometimes a trainer who, who facilitated that, that, that session, those sessions will kind of make some you know, derogatory terms about, oh, this waterfall. I, I think, you know, that's bad. And I think that's part of it is, you know, the the lack of insightful philosophical thinking. The other portion of it is just, you know, there's that famous quote where, you know, if you forget the past, you're doomed to repeat it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, you look at, if you, if, you, if, you under, if you did look at the past, you would know, like, for example, the whole waterfall uh method or phase-based method was created by this guy named Winston Royce in a paper he wrote in the 1970s. And if you read that original paper, he actually advocates that in most situations, that kind of downward trajectory of phases doesn't work. And he actually advocates that in some sense you have to loop through it, right? And then if you even go further, I mean, uh, you go with uh, Schuert and his plan to or excuse me, uh, sure, with his three-part plan check act, and then and then Deming extended it with plan to check act, right? You're going as kind of a circular motion with respect to um, making process improvements, and in that in turn influenced, uh, you know, because in the 50s, uh, it, it was it was the Japanese who ended up inviting Deming over uh, to 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 that there, and they really listened to him, and then they invented lean. And if you look at agile, right? It I mean, comes, agile, all comes out of lean, yeah. Yeah, Agile is very, actually, Agile originally had its influence uh, with like XP, but when you look at the majority of what's being done in, in Agile, it's, I would say it's like 80, almost 90% a lean influence, right? Toyota production system. So, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, and then we're talking about the Pembok. The Pembok since what, the, the 90s have been advocating progressive elaboration, right? They say you can't, you're not going to get all your planning up, up front. So you you get you progressively you bake it in you bake it into your plan as as things go along and they always they always advocated that your you know those uh, five process groups were were going to overlap they're not going to be uh, serial or well know. and now you've got PMI and the Agile Alliance working together on a new book so that should be really interesting when that's done too oh yeah sure yeah absolutely so um, but I, I think it goes to your earlier point I think you know like the, there's that there's that idea from um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, right? The ten thousand hours, ten year rule. Where, if if you if you deliberately practice something, you you gain some mastery of it within a decade. I think I'm I might I've been in a, in a decade, 
I think maybe part of it is you, when you hit that point, like you've seen all the arguments already. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. Right? And I think maybe part of it is just, you know, you can start get jaded because then you start to see where, uh, you know, like the certificates that keep coming out are just. Well, are yeah, just, let's, let's talk about that. So I've taught PMP and now I teach mostly CSM and CSPO. Um, can you talk about the, the blog post with the Mark Twain quote? Can you talk a little bit about your concerns with the certifications? Yeah, so my concern is, uh, I mean, it's 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 a testament to how, you know, in some it's there's a lot of good from it because it's a testament to how popular the field has become. Because, you know, even when I took it back in two thousand and seven, um, project management wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't like a people knew, you know of course obviously people knew you had to do projects, but the the formal idea of this there's this uh, there's this body of knowledge, there's this discipline or set of practices called project management wasn't as well known as it is now. And it's quite, it's, it's becoming well known. And from the bigger picture perspective, I think it's just uh, indicative of, of the way our world has turned. I should say the global economic landscape, right? So you see this acceleration of technology and now technology is no longer like within the province of just the IT department, right? I mean, right. Every, every department has to do IT and they do their own IT these days. What are the good parts of certification? I mean, there must be some value that you see in it because you've got some of them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think um, it's it, it is some base benchmark to acknowledge that somebody who doesn't have one, as opposed to somebody does, has at least done some form of study, right? Yeah. And, and, and knows the basic terminology that's related to this thing called project management. And then its explosive growth is again indic indicative of the fact that the field is becoming more and more legitimized, right? Um, so. To me, that's all the, the the good things about it. I think what's I'm I'm kind of know, jaded or concerned about is the fact that it has now gotten to the point when I tell people I teach project management, the first thing that I often hear is, "Oh, so you help people get their PMP certification?" So I mean, <laughs> it's become just synonymous with three projects, right? Yeah. And I go, well, that's one aspect of it, but there's there's a lot more to it. You know, so that that's one of the things I, I think that has its popularity has caused. And then the other thing is more from a almost like a problem solving perspective. I, I think what happens is when you get when you think of project management simply as a means to pass a PMP exam or any of whatever certification there are out there. Yeah. What, what I think it does to people's brains, honestly, is is it, it makes them look at problems in the world as if they were multiple choice problems. In which with, they just got with two wrong problem. with two answers that are wrong and one answer that's kind of wrong and one answer that's almost right. right. Exactly, and, <laughs> and I, I kid you not. I mean, you know, I, I've I've done in in-house corporate training. And I, I've done these things where where I've I've got hired on to try to increase the 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 product, and not just project management, just like overall, like how do I develop better you know talent so people can execute projects, right? Yeah. And, yeah, one of the things I noticed is that's how people approach project problems. You know, project problems are hard. You know, there's like we were just talking about earlier. It's, it's, it's a highly globally competitive environment. Um, there's some serious, you know, there's 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 like technology, AI technology going on. You know, there's rapid churn of products. Uh, well, let me know, let me try to make a case for the certification, which is going to be tough for me to do. Wanna, <laughs> is that okay? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So 
when I, I mean, it's been a while since I had to hire a project manager, but when I did, I would only hire PMPs. And the reason that I would own, there's two reasons that I would only hire PMPs. I didn't expect having that PMP to mean that they were any good at managing projects. But what I expected it to mean was one, you, you mentioned that they've, they've studied this stuff. I mean, that test is a monster. And, oh, I and I think anybody who survives that test, that's, that's a, an impressive thing. So that, that to me is a sign that they were really committed to it. But more importantly for me, I didn't want to have to explain some stuff. Like I didn't want to have to explain the difference between work and duration to somebody. And I knew that if they passed that test, they had to figure that out. So it made it made my life easier to know that walking in the door, they understood basic terminology. And and I would say it's the same thing with, I mean, in my CSM and my CSPO classes, it doesn't mean you're a master of Scrum. It means you have just enough information to go out and break stuff. And that's what you're expected to do. But mm -hmm. I, I like that it gives that common language. And when people don't have it, which I certainly understand, they've been in work situations where they didn't need it, then I just wonder why. You know, like how, how, how will I gauge that baseline level of knowledge? How can I get a shortcut to that if there is no certification? That's exactly what I think these certificates were in were initially created for yeah uh yeah but i my my just my whole thing is that it's gone beyond that right so now now it's being viewed as a some kind of like competent competency assessment uh and then on the other hand it's become a it's become just a, a really a marketing tool for people to boost their resumes uh it's become a way for companies to filter people in or out uh it's just it's just the it's kind of like a, the snowball effect of what has become all these peripheral things that go far outside of what 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 it, what its original intent was, was just to just to gauge that you know that this person went through this rigorous process to know the terminologies and yeah. kind of the overall you know view of the field. Project management is now equated with a PMP, or being agile is equated with your CSM, right? Yeah, and it, yeah. That, that's just to me. That's just it's gone too far. I right? think. I think one of the sad aspects about it is when I see people get one of the certs and it's like they look at it like they're done, like they've climbed to the top of the mountain. And I right, always right. feel like I'm looking, no, you just put your shoes on. That's the only right, thing right. that's happened here. You that's haven't even that. stepped outside yet. Um, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I think, I guess to a certain extent, I mean, I think everybody in the profession's at fault for that. HR is at fault for that for the hiring. But the organizations promoting the certifications create the perception too yeah i agree yeah and, and uh, i yeah I, I see this this kind of certification obsession you know like the moment somebody finishes one the first thing they say is what else should i get yeah i get i get yeah. this like what's next yeah what's <laughs> like, like, i have Sigma, to get to the next whatever, level right? yeah yeah it's a I video game. One. yeah and it's just it's like it becomes but obsessed. don't you think it's understandable that people want a way to gauge and measure their own achievement yeah, sure, but uh, like, how else would they do that? What's another way they could do that? What I think has got has gotten lost is go out and try to land yourself a really big project and 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 actually get that and execute that and put that under your belt, right? Um, that's not nothing will replace uh, doing something like that. That that to me is when you start to really start to build value for yourself. 
So if you so if you were going to go back in time to t- 11 years ago and mm-hmm. meet yourself before you started down the path to project management and say, hey, this thing's going to show up soon. And here's what you're going to want to do. And here's what I want you to do instead. Like, what kind of advice would you give yourself? And do you think yourself back then would listen to you? I, I hope so. Okay. <laughs> actually, when I, when I started, uh, uh, I actually kind of knew going in. I figured this whole certification thing was going to be very similar to uh, going to college, which is after I, yeah. when I went, well, I was not very satisfied. And when I came out, I realized uh, the BA, the whole college process, I, I don't really, I question what I, what I really learned. So I already, I already kind of had that, that, that sentiment going in. Uh, I decided then um, I was going to be a little more wiser about it. And when I studied for the PMP, uh, I, I really took the long route. Like I, I looked, I looked up what kind of, uh, what are considered the best books out there in, in the field. So I, I found that, that one by Kersner, right? That giant, yeah, gigantic book. And uh, I actually slogged through that. For you read that time. whole book? I read the whole thing. Oh my right? gosh. They gave yeah. that to me in graduate school. It's been sitting on my shelf <laughs> ever since I read like the 20 pages in it that were required. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, I decided to go deep on it. And uh, it, it uh, I'm glad I did because... Uh, I mean, there's... I, there's. I, I don't mean to slight that book or Kersner because... There is stuff in there that is crazy deep in the project management geek world. I mean, it is it's awesome, but um, it, it is a lot. Yeah, but is, I guess I was in the thing that you were talking about. I was just trying to get through graduate school. I just wanted to be able to come home and tell my wife, "I got, I got the MBA. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, can I just stop going to school now?" Um, I just wanted the stamp, and yeah, and, yeah. And yeah, I could have gotten more out of it, but you know, I, um, my goal at the time was just get that. And I get a lot of people in my classes that come in and they're just like, I just want the cert. And what I always tell them is like, I'm, that's fine, man. I don't care what, what got you in the room. I don't care if it came for PDUs or certification or whatever. If you're just willing to participate in this, maybe I can help you out. That's all I want to do. I mean, you know, th- these are, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when, if you're, if you're somebody that's really into a field, naturally you're going to feel some kind of aggravation when uh you, you see like people go into the field just just in a, in a kind of a mediocre way i mean that that's you know, it's, it's not it's not to diminish those individuals i mean they have their own goals like everybody else uh but my, my thing with that posting was just to kind of get off my chest so to speak well and just it, get it, out. it sounds Start to me like your issue is not so much with the certification as it is with the after effects of it like people don't embrace this career in the way that you have, which I would agree with. I mean, it is to me, there's an art to what we do. And it's so much fun for me to be around people that are passionate about it and like just talking about it and exploring different aspects of it. But people that are kind of visiting like tourists and just want to assert to be able to stamp so they can move on to the next thing, that's, it's a drag. Yeah, it's not. It's like for those of us who live in this world, it's like, hey, you know what? Get out of here. We got we got real stuff to do. But but I don't know. It's easy to blame the certs. I I also want to blame the people, though. You know, but I get it at the same time. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's just part of you. I don't know. You get older, you get into a certain field, you just kind of become craggy about it. But uh, you climb up on your porch and tell all the kids to get off your lawn. That's right. That's right. So I yeah. want to I want to try to give a little plug for your book here, and you tell me if I'm 
if I'm getting this on the mark, because it is very much in line with what we've been talking about. So your book approaches the subject of project management. You're talking about um, meditations, not in the sense of I'm going to sit and meditate, but in the sense of this is something that I am going to fully engage in and participate in and learn from. And it's almost like the kata that, that you're, you people talk about that, in, you know, obviously in martial arts, but in agile too, like these practices. You're going to follow these practices and learn them and see what, what you can do with them and where they can take you. So there's methods and, and meditations. And you're, it sounds to me like your intention is to bring that idea of this artisan project manager to the people who read this book for those that are interested in it. Is that how close yeah, did I, I get? I would say that that is definitely uh, 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 yeah. I would say that's definitely one one aspect of it. When you study this field, it, it's you're going to be you're going to be very preoccupied with the how, right? The methods of how I do something. Uh, what this book helps you to balance that out, I think, by helping you to think of the why, right? Like why am I doing this, and and what does it mean to me? Uh, so it's just basically this balance of that. So is it fair to say that this book would be like a really good companion for somebody who is learning about project management and they get to certain points, like let's say it's earned value. Um, while they're learning about earned value, your book is going to offer them some things to help them understand it in a slightly different, more whole way. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I do have a very big chapter on earned value as well as this emerging practice called earned schedule. So I, I, it, it explains a method in a very, uh, you know, analytical, mathematical way. And then the, the, the meditation se section says, why do you have to be like that way, right? Because when I did, when I studied earned value, it's really like a, for a PMP prep class, it was just, they just threw a bunch of equations at us, right? Yeah. And it took me a, a long time to, because to, the math is actually not that difficult. What is very difficult about earned value, extremely difficult, is... How do I know that the data that I that I input into it is the correct data? And then from that data, how do I take the the quantified information that I have and convert that into a narrative that number one people will understand, become engaged with, and then act upon? Right. That's the key. Just just knowing how to stick a bunch of variables in there, an Excel spreadsheet, and creating a you know PV graph and an EV graph and an AC graph. That, that's trivial. Yeah. What is very difficult is getting people to understand the implications of what you are telling them and then having them act on it in a meaningful way, right? Yeah. That that is the key. And 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 that 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 just, you know, that takes wisdom and, and, and deep, deep thought to, to know how to execute that. Yeah. Cool. All right. So people can pick up the book on Amazon. Uh, it's got a really cool Mad Men like cover as well. I'll just point <laughs> that out. Um so they can go and find it, and it's called "I Think Therefore I Plan." Um, what if they want to get in touch with you, Don? What's the best way for people to reach you? Oh yeah, so uh, you know you can reach me through my site at projectation.com, uh, my LinkedIn profile. Uh, I'm even on projectmanagement.com, and I still have my Scrum profile. So it's like <laughs> I have like a ton of ways, of, you know, like like just like you, like you know, yep. the purveyor of our discipline. At using this kind of social media output, I just—I'm pretty much everywhere. So, well, I'll make sure to include links to all of it. And, dude, thank you very much for taking time out for the interview today. Oh yeah, and thank you for uh, inviting me again. It's, cool. it's a pleasure to speak with you. Hey, too. Thanks. Mm -hmm.